The Holy Gospel is written in the 12th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at the 13th verse. Glory Glory be be to to thee, thee, O Lord. Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I don't want you to be uninformed, as our epistle reading said. And as a businesswoman all my working life, I was funded early in my career by the then CEO of British Telecom and given the opportunity to do a top-class MBA very early on in my career, funded by the company. On conclusion of my MBA and post my graduation, I went back to see the CEO, to thank him and to ask him what I should do now. He looked at me and after careful thought suggested that I might like my old job back. I was rather disconcerted at this, as naturally I wanted to use the learning opportunity to put my newfound confidence and skills to good use. I left his office feeling rather disappointed, and within one month was offered a new job, doubling my previous salary and working for the new competitor, Mercury Communications. Needless to say, I always recall what might have been and whether ethically I should have stayed doing my old job. It was not so much the new salary, but more the lack of creativity from the company itself. We all need to develop in our lives. And so many years on, I remain a long-standing fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel Development, Human Resources as we know it, often called Human Remains, when the company is not operating well. And ethics are important in business, as we all know. So is care of your employees. So is loyalty. What principles distinguish a Christian business? There are perhaps three biblical principles that stand out. Integrity, doing what is right, rather than just what is expedient. Righteousness, truth, and honesty. The congruency between what the company publicly verbalize and what it practices is so important. And Socrates said, the greatest way to live with honor is in this world is to be what we pretend to be. 
All businesses should be the epitome of integrity. This means we are who we say we are, and that means business. And greed is, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, an inordinate or satiable longing, especially for wealth, status, and power. As a secular psychological concept, greed is an inordinate desire to acquire or possess more than one needs. Recent news has certainly brought greed and its consequences to the forefront. The sad demise of British home stores has focused attention on an aspect of unconstrained capitalism that's led to the loss of thousands of jobs and the loss of pension benefits. And before this, we were treated to an insight into the working of Sports Direct, where workers were employed through agencies on short-term contracts, just allowing sufficient minimum hours of guaranteed work so to prevent employment elsewhere. Greed is part and partial to many events in the world today. Most people are looking for continually more. Our Western culture pushes for the lust of possession and feeds greed. It disregards the notion that the world in which we live has more than enough to satisfy everyone's need, but not everyone's greed. Not sufficient to aspire to own a house and perhaps a car. Greed, as we witness, will always drive the wealthy to own several houses and several cars. Needless personal acquisition far beyond basic needs quickly becomes the driver of our lives. Greed is all around us, much of it fed by the luxury upper-end market well-established right here in London. The truism is that those who are greedy are always in want. And greed is the unscrupulous desire in each of us for wealth and power. It does not have a heart in the damage it causes. It is infectious and can contaminate the world, alienating the individual from family, friends, and God. It is a selfish act that befits only the greedy individual, albeit temporarily. And when greed is rampant in the financial or property sector, eventually there comes a crash. But as Christians, we have to hold the acquisition of wealth up against the parable of the talents that we just heard. Jesus did not condemn the man who invested wisely, took calculated risk, and made profit. Rather, he condemned the man who buried or sat on his wealth. And the essential thing that we must understand is that all gifts come from God. The wealth is not ours. We are merely temporary custodians. And greed is known as a deadly sin. All it makes you want to do is acquire. We seek to acquire money, acquire material, acquire property, acquire time, acquire energy, acquire attention, acquire privilege and recognition. Our running mantra becomes, I want, I want, I want. I can hear myself telling my exuberant granddaughters to calm down. But that sadly all too quickly turns to, I need, I need, especially as they grow up. When we are lost in greed, we look outward rather than inward to ourselves for satisfaction. And our attempts to satisfy greed is like drinking salty water when thirsty. And I'm sure we can all think of some names of those who seem to never find enough to fill the emptiness they seek to escape. The real hunger they feel is in the knowledge of their true selves. 
And as a priest, I can quite recall the time that the solace I offered and the practical help given to those who appeared to be in need was in reality not what was really required. Their need was simply to seek more quickly when they actually needed less. And whatever we sow, we will reap. We need to focus our talents on planting positive seeds that will reap love, benefiting others. We do not have the privilege of resting on our laurels, living off our previously acquired wealth. The rich man in our gospel parable was not condemned for successful planting and the luck of having a good harvest. He was condemned for his greed, not recognizing his duty to share his good fortune with others, distributing his grain and perhaps working to ensure even greater crops in later years. Yes, I'm sure we can all see the parables in the sad history of British home stores and in the conduct of the city's financial institutions prior to the financial crash, taking and not reinvesting. But each of us is equally guilty, making acquisition the fundamental driver of the worldwide economy. As Bertrand Russell once said, we can only be truly happy when all those around us are also happy. And if it's not being cheeky, I do hope Sir Philip and Lady Green find happiness and contentment on their new one million super yacht Lionheart. But somehow, I very much doubt that they will. Amen. <laughs>